guess we can start off. I know for my followers, if you guys can let us know exactly what it is that you do. Um, I'm Stephanie Nicole. I am out in Richmond, Virginia. I'm a real estate investor and a licensed agent. And I'm just here to answer questions and add value. And what's up, y'all? My name is Gardy. I'm here in New York. Um, wholesaling investor. Uh, if you have a deal in Cleveland, actually anywhere in Ohio, you need any help with uh, JVs, contractors, how to be able to put the deal together, how to be able to syndicate it, feel free to uh, shoot me a DM and I can help you out. All right. Yes. I know I'm going to be having my DMs going with my questions outside of this. <laughs> You can send it to us. My notepads to too. I'm taking my notes as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I guess we can get started with our um our this or that game. I always like to start with that just to kind of break the ice and get to know each other. Okay. Of course. Alrighty. So I'll start off with the first one is wholesaling or fix and flip. I'm gonna say say wholesaling um, i'm also gonna say wholesaling i like it just because um it's less work and you still can kind of make the same amount of money especially if you can do more deals got you okay i thought it was gonna be a mix mm -hmm. and match like one wholesaling mm -hmm. and one fix, uh, fix and flipping <laughs> got you now did you guys choose that because of the market today i'll let stephanie answer that Okay. <laughs> so is that because it's just um, a better technique when you have to fix and flip? Of course, you can make money, but um, you're going to have to go find contractors. It's going to take you a little longer to get to your check, like three to six months, typically. Mm. Um, then you can make a mistake and your, and your money's already invested. With wholesaling, I like it more because it allows you more freedom. Um, you have less liability, less risk. Um, you don't have to actually take on or spend any money out of your own pocket. Um, you don't have to actually go find any contractors. Um, it's just simply find, getting connected to a motivated seller um, and then connecting them with a buyer and making your fee in the meantime. Gotcha. One thing that really stood out to me that I love was using other people's money. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, cool, cool. All right, so our next one is um, so music. Let's switch it up a little bit. Um, early two thousands rap or nineties rap. If you don't listen to rap, you can put a twist on it with R and B. Oh man, son, I gotta go with nineties rap. I'm kind of stuck in my ways with music, so okay. I'm definitely going with nineties. Uh, I know. Let's say nineties rap too. I know, we like, I also like Gardy. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm stuck in my ways. I remember, yeah, I remember um, uh, I grew up on listening to heavy, like, Jada Kiss, DMX, The Locks. Like, that was kind of, mm -hmm. you know, what I got put on to when I was early, when I was coming up. So, yeah, that's definitely what I'm stuck with. Gotcha, gotcha. Stephanie, do you have any artists, favorite artists during that time? Uh, me and Gardy. You got like the same musical taste, kind of. So. <laughs> okay, got you. Well, I can chime in with this one. So I'm more of an R&B girl. Um, yeah. I'm also stuck in the early 2000s. I don't really listen to today's music as much. You getting in the car with me? Definitely early 2000 R&B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. So our next one. Um, so loan types. 
FHA loans or conventional loans? Um, I just say go with whatever one is best for your situation. I don't have a real favorite. Um, I do like the FHA because it's going to allow you to come to the table with less money as a first-time homebuyer, and they have a lot more programs that, you know, kind of help you get into a house with, uh, if you, I don't want to say like the wrong thing. It helps you get into a house with less money if you um, just don't have the money. Like if you don't have 20%, you can use FHA to get 3.5% down. Um, I, in this market right now, I will say because it's multiple offers, I prefer um, conventional if I have a buyer just because it's going to be easier for them to go under contract. So with FHA, they're a little more um, tough when it comes to like appraisal repairs and conventional is no known to be more laid back. So when you're presenting an offer to a homeowner, they're more likely to lean towards conventional. But I like both. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think I'll probably lean more a bit towards uh, conventional. If you're, if you're an investor and you're flipping a house, you're probably going to be more open to taking a conventional loan. Nine out of 10 times, you're probably leveraging hard money. That money has a cost. You either raise private money. That money has a cost. With If you're going to accept an FHA buyer, there's like a certain amount of time that the house has to sit on the market to be able to sell to that FHA buyer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if somebody comes in with a conventional loan and you could get it done in 15 days, you probably be more open to accept that versus, you know, an FHA. So from an investor standpoint, I would say conventional loan just because, like, the deal could move a little bit faster for you. Yeah, I got you. Okay. I've experienced both uh, FHA and conventional. So uh, both of which you just explained, it definitely was spot on with that. It was definitely um, the conventional loan, I would choose that too. It's just a quicker, it seemed like an easygoing process. Um, the FHA seemed to be picking about like the little, the smallest repairs. Like, no, you got to get this repaired. So I would also choose that one. Yeah, I think I feel like they kind of want to, you know, fight for the homeowner a bit. You know, they want to encourage people. I feel like the American dream is to like own a home. Everybody should have like an equal opportunity to own a home, you know, so they kind of want to make sure that if somebody is going to use FHA, they, they just want to make sure their stuff is straight, you know. Gotcha. Now, I do have a question for FHA. Can you buy multifamilies with FHA loans? So when we get into like FHA VHDA, VA loans, those are going to be, um, you can only get that type of loan if you're going to have it as your primary residence. So as long as you live in it, you mm -hmm. can use FHA and buy up, um, up to four units. But Okay. Okay, that's definitely something to know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. We can talk about it when we get off the live now. Yes, yes. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, I got my little notes. Like, okay. <laughs> so a question I got to ask. <laughs> cool. All right. So our next one would be, um, would you choose a home equity line of credit or a hard money, hard money lender? A home equity line of credit or a hard money lender? Um, I guess I would, for me to make that decision, I would have to see the deal. And also, I mean, like the rates, you know, like what's the, like, what's the cost of the money? Um, yeah. Home equity line, home equity line 
or line of credit, I would have to see, you know, like what's the cost of the money to be able to use it into the for uh, for the deal. Gotcha. So it definitely varies. Yeah, I'm gonna say neither. Um, once you start be becoming educated in the real estate world, you understand that you don't have to always go the credit route or like the hard money route because I feel like hard money is um, expensive money in my opinion. So um, and my, my alternative to hard money would be I would attempt to go get a private money lender because they're going to be more open to conversations. They're not going to have those hard deadlines. Um, most hard money lenders have guidelines. They have a company that they work for. They're looking for something specific. Um, they want you to have a certain amount of equity. And you may come across something that needs a you know creative mind. So I just private money. That's just regular people out here who have retirement accounts or IRA accounts that they're just trying to grow mm -hmm. that they touch um, or just people in general who have uh, they earn a lot but they also save a lot but they also want their money to grow so I like that alternative and if you're trying to get really really creative I like stuff like subject to where you take over you know the um, other person's mortgage or like seller financing just because I think all the other options are so expensive gotcha i have heard some things about those hard money murders, so i was really interested in finding out like which one would you guys choose <laughs> um just with like the time frames and stuff like that you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but using the hard money lenders like you have like a strict time frame when you have to pay the money back yeah you do mm -hmm. yeah you do yeah gotcha. or some more interest mm -hmm. yeah so i see why you would choose the other one <laughs> So our last one will be about traveling. Um, are you guys? I'm sorry. Let's see if this is the one I had. Um, when traveling and going on vacations, would you be more of like an adventurous person, um, or just sticking to the resort? I'm definitely more uh, adventurous. I kind of want to get out, see like wherever I'm traveling at, see what they got to offer. And I'm more in favor of like seeing how, you know, like the people live and tapping in on the local side of it. I feel like just being on the resort is a bit uh, one sided, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit. So I got to feel like you get a, a better experience. Or I like that experience of like as local as possible. Okay. For me, I just kind of go with the flow. So whatever's going on at the time, I, I can go with it. Gotcha. Gotcha. I guess it would depend on my mood. I do want to, I, I tend to, whenever I go on vacation, I'm getting off the resort. I need to see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and just to definitely sightsee. Yeah. Sometimes the resort is like, it, it kind of makes it inconvenient. It's like it's out the way that you got to wait for the shuttle yeah. or the bus you know to get there and then it only comes on certain times and it's like i don't know you know it's just it's just not my personality so right on that strict time schedule. yeah <laughs> on their schedule yeah exactly exactly so gotcha all righty well that wraps up our this or that questions um so the next question i have what motivated you guys to get started with real estate man um, I think the, what I what I saw in my family was growing up. Um, we always like rented rooms, you know, like inside of our house. 
Okay. And um, like my dad always taught me that this is like, you know, another way for you to be able to make money to like offset certain bills in the house. So, you know, um, that's kind of like what I saw. And that was kind of like my first taste of real estate. And uh, that's something that I stuck with. Even when I was living in VA, me and my sister would live together. We would always like rent rooms out in the house as much as we can. And that'll go towards uh, like utilities, internet, just stuff to be able to like actually run a household. Yeah. And um, I was kind of just taught like, like it's a good practice. Like you can still go out, get a job or do whatever you can, but at least you have something coming in that's like actually making you money. So, and I kind of, so like, I guess the potential of like what this could actually do. And then I started like going down a rabbit hole, of like learning, you know, other stuff past like what I kind of saw my parents trying to get into. Okay. Those multiple streams of income is definitely good, especially in today's world. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. For me, I would say um, just living a struggle life. Um, I, I left home when I was you know, like 17, 16, 17, was just living house to house on the street sometimes. sometimes I was sleeping in McDonald's. Went and joined the military. Um, I just felt like, like the military was not the personality. Like I didn't have the personality type to fit in. So decided to, you know, get out. Um, from there, it was just, I had, I was just working multiple jobs. Like I would sell stuff on the internet. I had a job at Rite Aid. I had a job at Bath and Body Works. I was waitressing in two places. Mm -hmm. um, and then and the moment where I was just like, "This is enough." Is I had actually went in and um, went into the strip club because I was like, "I'm just not making enough money." Because in my mind, I'm like, "I I don't want to live an average life or right. have to worry." where I where I'm sleeping at or if I have enough money for gas I got enough food like I don't want to keep living this check to check life so I um, was outside of the strip club and this is a night too where it wasn't like a whole lot of money in the club and I'm just I'm sitting here taking my top off for one dollar bills and I'm still going to have to figure right. out how I rent mm -hmm. I just pack up my stuff, go sit in my car, and I get to get on Google. And what I Googled was how to become a millionaire. And the thing that kept coming up repeatedly was real estate. So at the time, I didn't know anything about real estate. I got my real estate license because that's all. That's as far as I knew what to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then struggled my first year in real estate. So, <laughs> listen, it didn't come easy but it came so um just i i couldn't i couldn't do it no more that's what that's what it was i was like i'll do anything else mm -hmm. like god just show me the way i'll do whatever i'll lay my life down on the line like show me right right wow i and just to comment on the real estate the schooling so i whenever i talk to people that are real estate realtors now or um just anything that has to do with real estate they're like man the school and it's like like <laughs> taking the test and it just I, I do hear that a lot okay. um I, I would say that it depends on okay. you um i found the test to be fairly easy i took the um class online okay. i didn't even have the virginia class i was just like gotta do what i gotta do right um what I will say is everything that you take in that real estate course to get mm -hmm. your real estate license, 
you will never use any of that stuff again. You don't even wow. need it. Wow. Wow. It's I feel like that's how it is with certain, you know, when you go to college, like, yeah, you don't get a degree and man, I'm not really using it. Yeah. <laughs> Financing, learning, like all this extra stuff that we're never going to use anymore. Right. Oh so, yeah. That's a yeah. perfect example. We learning. I don't even want to get into college. Gotcha. So, so real estate is basically more of like a boots on the ground. Like, all right, you can go and take this test, but you just got to really get, you know, get things going and actually get out there in the field. I, you don't even have to have a license to be like a real estate professional. That's what I was saying. Like, I didn't know when I got in it's anything. Okay. So I just got my real estate license. But now that I'm actually in the business, mm -hmm. so many at different avenues and being a real estate agent is just one avenue. So you got people that are wholesaling, you got people who flip houses, you got everybody who services the real estate business, you got the contractors. A lot of the, um, is just like the, the money that's made in America is made of real estate and just all of the businesses that need to service it. Gotcha. Can definitely, even with like the rappers, right? And their songs, you're hearing a lot of more rappers talk about real estate within like the last few years you hear that a lot too. hopefully they talk about it I w we need to talk about it more because i feel like a lot of, of where we are is like a community and a nation is because we are not spreading well now we're getting to spreading the information and opening people's minds but i think it's a lack of information and a lack of creativity and like just keeping your mind closed so once we, once the people whose minds are open start touching other people whose minds are open and we have the access to information just like right. on the internet, right. I think everything will change. Yeah, the right information. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I know, you know, social media can kind of, um, I will, I won't point out people, but <laughs> you, you get a lot, of, a lot of false information on there, <laughs> misleading. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, okay. That was really good. Don't know. <laughs> social media thing because I, I want I want to some of how we feel about the information we, we receive on social media mm -hmm. is um, we have to take accountability for so we'll see a, a six second reel or a 90 second reel and think that whatever's on that reel is all of the information and when it's not all of the information we think that this person's a scammer now because they couldn't in six seconds yeah. tell you how to do it yeah. strategy they just want to make the first step is awareness mm -hmm. we want to be aware of what's going on so then that triggers do more research people don't want to do the research and right. find they see something about oh you can do the business credit they don't go do more research then they try it and it fails Right, person's a scammer when really you didn't have all yeah. the information you thought yeah. you did right real didn't do your your own due diligence right like you can't just like like you said it's a six minute six second real there's no way you can get all the information yeah so i'm really big on like hey okay i seen this okay let me go do my own due diligence mm -hmm. and get all the information <laughs> yeah and be ready and prepared yeah so like it's definitely a lot of a lot of good information though for sure Right. Oh, the next question. I'm excited about this one. <laughs> um, so how do you manage uh, if you guys have rental properties? Um, and can you recommend like any um, websites just to a, a beginner or someone that's having trouble with managing rental properties? 
I personally hire professionals. Like sometimes we be trying to be in the do everything and be everything to the business that we our businesses fail. Like sometimes just go ahead, make sure you you know that a property manager is gonna charge you 10%. When you're doing your calculation and buying a deal, you put that 10% in there. But mm -hmm. so then you go get a property manager, take it out of your hand, now you don't got that headache and you can go get another property. We wanna concentrate on money making activities. Me person, that's my answer. Yeah, uh, I'm a little bit, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm a little bit different. I would, uh, I would say man is like the first one, uh, the first one that you have. Um, I think I got, I had some better experience with just uh, dealing with tenants, you know, around like money conversations, being able to fix stuff, um, knowing certain things in the house that needs to be fixed. You don't actually like have to know how to switch out a toilet or, you know, switch out a sink, but um, you want to be able to know like certain things that need to be in place. And one of the things I realized was that um, I was out of state managing it at the time. And, you know, they replaced like some things under my sink and they chose like the cheapest material from Home Depot. Mm. And it was going to get clogged up and it was like, yo, this is done. We're going to be able to keep it moving. So I would say, you know, make sure that like, you know, you actually know it and you can see it and you can learn. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like once you know it and you see it and you can mm -hmm. learn it, then that's when like that information can't be taken away from you. Right. So for the first one, I'm in favor of like, yo, manage it yourself when the tenant calls you. Like, how do you handle that phone call? So now when you go out and then, you know, you're growing your portfolio and now you're talking to other property managers. Now you have some level of experience and you can kind of gauge that against them, you mm -hmm. know? So um, property managers, it, property managers are good. Um, one thing that I started doing is, um, well, one thing I was taught was, um, you know, always ask for references. Yep. Always ask for references. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I realized is that people who do good business are connected to other people who do good mm -hmm. business. So that property manager should have a lender. That property manager should have a reference for a contractor, right? Mm -hmm. And once you hear some people's names come up a few times, mm -hmm. oh, Stephanie, she's a good realtor. She knows a lot of people. She can help you get the deal. Okay, Stephanie's somebody that I need in my network. Yes. Because you could point me, you know, point me in the right direction. But it, to answer your question, as far as like managing rental properties, I would say if you can do the first one yourself, get the experience that you need so you can learn it. And then once you, you know, once you get that, then I would say like, all right, cool, scale up, get the second one. And then, you know, put somebody in place at that point. I'm going to let y'all know, be careful doing that, especially if you got a <laughs> your property and your, one of your tenants stopped paying and you don't know the eviction process because I tried to evict with my, my tenants, went to court, come to find out they got a new law that they just passed on January 1st oh, wow. where you need to send them some type of paperwork or something. Wow. Now that's going to cost me money. So imagine being in a position where you're not set up to take over that, that extra payment because some because you gotta pay for where you live at and now yes. your tenants now so now you gotta pay for where they live at you yes. gotta be ready yes i'm trying to the reserves that's right they tell you to have make sure that's what i'm trying that money yes right. <laughs> it's my own property is the first time too that's why i work with property managers go ahead <laughs> if them people ain't paying get them up out of there no, no that's right i'm sorry y'all <laughs> no, we we appreciate in this. I love the real, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta let us know. <laughs> Listen, if if you don't pay your bills, I have to pay your bills. Yes, it's we'll nothing, back on you. It's nothing. It's business. Yes, 
I can't pay other people's bills. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> but if you got a good tenant, then I would say self-manage. But I'm just letting you know, if you are self-managing something that has a payment on it, make sure you know somebody who knows some, some things so they can walk you through it. Ooh. I do have another question to piggyback over that. <laughs> when you guys talk about tenants, so... What's that process like for you to kind of like, I know it's no, well, no good way to, to tell if like it's, you're really going to get a good tenant, but how do you narrow down the search? Um, I guess, so like, I guess two things I got. One, you want to figure out, I mean, you know, the type of area that you're actually renting in, you know, and you kind of want to speak to, you kind of want to speak to, um, you know, what type of tenant that you want. You want somebody that's going to stay, right? Mm -hmm. I tend, people may disagree with this, but when I was, um, you know, looking for different types of tenants, I'll kind of put like, you know, certain things in my listing. So like if it's near a school, if it's near like a highway, you know, MCV or whatever the case is. And then I would try to, you know, attract like a family, you know, just because like sometimes when you stay with roommates or you stay with your cousin and mm -hmm. you have to get into an argument, and then it's like, well, I don't got my money or I don't got this. And most likely, even with friends, it's easier to be able to, like, just go separate ways. But I feel like when it's, you know, a family that's actually renting, they want to get into a good school zone. When they come across, like, financial issues, I feel like a family is going to be a bit more, like, determined to figure out, like, all right, how can we work this together? Like, we got this. We got the kids. We got responsibilities. You know, they'll, they'll be a bit more driven, so to speak speak to be able to like figure that out so i would i would say you know when i was doing it i would say you know look for look for uh look for a family you know mention like school zones and things like that because more than likely they're not going to want to like move and take their kids like out of school and put them in another school right. stuff like that they, they tend to make those decisions when they have to transition to like different schools like high school or they're going to go to a different middle school so um and another thing that i would look for another thing that i would look for <laughs> is um you know like consistent pay stubs right and just kind of pay attention you know if it's full-time work if it's part-time work if it fluctuates you know see what your rents are see what's actually coming in and then you can kind of you can kind of like you know have a good judgment like yo this person kind of only works 25 30 hours a week right. it's not you know like that consistent can they actually like you know afford this um you know afford this over time so there's a lot i mean there's a lot of other things with you know with tenants um and i think you gotta you gotta really like just take your time and you know like really go with your gut sometimes right. too like when people try to move too fast like i'm trying to get in since like yesterday's like what you really right. running from Right. You no, know? so <laughs> red flags. Yeah, certain stuff like that. You just gotta be, you know, pay attention to your gut and see, like, all right, what's the real reason why they're moving? What's their story? You know. Got you. Definitely. Look, taking more notes myself <laughs> to weed out. That's really good. So the next question is: Do you need a certain credit score to be eligible for home loans? Yes. So um, it depends on where you are. If you are a first time home buyer who is buying residence, I would suggest you having a 620 score. That's going to open up 
all of your options that's going to open up your grant money you're going to be eligible for whatever programs down payment assistance they have going on so it just opens your options now you can potentially buy a house with like a if you're a veteran you can buy a house with a 540 credit score and still have mm -hmm. um, no money down but if you are anybody else and you try to purchase with a less than 20 you need a, a 580 credit score and you're going to have a down payment you're not going to be able to qualify for like the pro the grant money programs down payment assistance and stuff mm. okay that's real good to know so you said it's 624 <laughs> which loan is that again all of them you just need the six if you're okay. a first-time home buyer that is looking to buy their primary residence if you're looking for investment property i say have the strongest credit score that you can yep. have okay yep. yep i agree with that too Gotcha. I have another question Go <laughs> with the loans, right? So, um, I guess with down payment, no, is it down payments? Maybe it's that. Do you need more money for conventional loans? Um, is that the question? Yeah, I guess that would be with FHA and conventional. Do you have to put more money down for conventional loans? Every everybody's situation be different, okay. and everybody qualifies different things. So you just got to fill out the application. Okay, to see. Got you. With good credit. Well, good credit score. 620. <laughs> credit score. Got you. <laughs> All right. So our next uh, topic will be for business credit um, and business credit cards. So can you use business business credit cards to purchase houses? So, so you can. Uh, um, I guess this gets into like, you know, a great area a bit because there's different ways to pull, you know, money off of credit cards. Um, some title companies allow you to use if they have a way, you know, and this is going to be based off the title company. Sometimes they can process the down payment off of a credit card. Uh, not every single title company uh, could do that, but certain ones can. Um, there's different, you know, like credit, there's different credit hacks to be able to, you know, liquidate uh, money off of credit cards that you could actually use. So it can be done. I think you just have to, you just have to know what you're doing. Right, you have to know what you're doing. You have to be educated, and then you know you got to be smart with the money. Um, I'm not gonna be a fan of using a credit card for. I just think that that's that. If you can't find cash for the down payment, then it's so many other options. If you're a real real estate investor, now with the business credit play, um, if you can get access to large amounts of funding then it starts to make a little bit more sense. Like an example would be, let's just say you get a credit card access to $100,000 in cash and you find a house that's like $80,000. You're able to liquidate that entire credit card and buy that house in cash. There's a website that you can do it on mm. and it's sent it to the title company. Buy that entire house in cash. The reason I like this a little bit more is because now you have... Um, an entire asset that you can cash flow mm -hmm. um, and then let's just say your worst case scenario you done got into a situation you can't get the money back and right. you got to let the card go one it's in a business and then two your house is not collateral for that credit card so at least you still get to keep the asset even mm -hmm. though something happened with your credit they may send you some stuff in the mail yes <laughs> but you still got that property and that property is considered to be free and clear so you okay. still do some money moves with property, with property right. 
credit score. Um, but you can't get into that position. And then what people don't tell you on the internet, that's why I say you can't get all your six second real. Right. You have to service the debt, which means they got, uh, every, when you take that $100,000 off that credit card, even though it may be 0% interest, you got a monthly payment on there. So if you are somebody that is trying to do this and don't have, because they're thinking that because you can get the money from somebody else, you don't have to have any money out of pocket. You got to have a plan if you don't have money because these people want their money every single month. And if you don't give them a pay, then all of a sudden you might get into a situation. So you got to think about all those things up front, but it can be done. Yeah. Yeah, it can be done. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that factor into that too. Um, I would say you know like experience wise too, because a lot of times people have people. Some people wake up with good credit and don't even realize it, right. and then now it's like you know you saw the six second reel is like all right, cool, I can get this oh, yeah. money and funding. Yeah, and then now it's like right. all right, cool. Well, now I'm ready to go flip something, and it's like hold on, you know, you don't even you haven't even right. done it yet. Right. And sometimes, man, when you go through some of these rehabs. It's like your budget actually like increases on a job. God forbid they open up a wall and then they realize that like there's more stuff behind it that needs to get oh, fixed. Hold on. Let me back mm -hmm. up. <laughs> so the technique that I, I wouldn't I part I personally would not flip a house with business credit or a business credit card. Okay. Just too many other options that are cheaper, safer, that's gonna take that stress off your back. Cause I'm trying to tell you, you use that business credit and you get into a flip. In a plumbing bed or something, yeah. you really gonna start stressing out, and sometimes you'll get into that mindset of stress. So then you'll that that energy will mess your product up and put you behind because you you never really thinking clearly. Right. But the technique I'm talking about, if you buy an entire house with a credit card, you need that house to be a deal. And then how we're paying back the credit card, you gotta need, need good credit for this, y'all. So everything I'm telling you, you need right. good credit for. You go get the bank to put a dscr loan on it you take that money pay your credit cards and then you will be able to recoup that monthly payment also that you was paying out that's how you get your money back mm. so and you get the property that's this this is a buy and hold technique i i personally if you flip in y'all call get build a relationship with somebody it's people out here with money that they that's burning a hole through their pocket right you go to like um anything where they're teach it's like events and conventions and everybody in every state is meeting up y'all download the app meetup it's, it's an app called meetup Meet start going to these meetups where they have 401ks they're taught they're teaching you about how to invest with your 401k or how to invest with your self-directed ira or how to invest with this extra money you got in your savings account those people are the pe people with money we're not going for the classes we're going to network with the people with money like honey you need right <laughs> you know to make you what you say you wanted to make eight percent on on your self-directed ira mm -hmm. i got the property that will pay us xyz every month or I can I can give you eight percent of your money, and you know that you can make twenty percent on that same money. Oh, yeah. Listen, y'all, we in the, we we trying to play Monopoly, yes. okay? We we not business to keep flipping houses and letting everything fall through our hands just because we want the money for today, right? Not thinking for the future. Ooh, <laughs> then right now, money. 
That's good. So we got okay. So I gotta download my. You said meetup app. Meetup. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all the real estate meetups, all the wholesaler meetups. But if you need money, them people with the IRAs, if they doing an IRA class, a four hundred one k class, a retirement class, an insurance class, mm -hmm. hit all the people up. Got you. I, I do see some questions coming in here. I'll scroll up and see. Someone had a question. They asked, what about 3.5% for down payment on investment properties? Um, the, 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 like, the way I look at it is like, you know, even if you're going to use FHA, you know, um, at the end of the day, buying a house is an investment. So no matter if it's an FHA, no matter if it's under like your LLC, you're buying a house that could actually make money. Um, I'm an advocate of your first investment property needs to be a multifamily property. So no matter if you use FHA to get into it or if you have to use a conventional loan or hard money, but however you could get into it, whatever loan like suits your personal situation, I would say use that as like your number one thing to be able to get into um, to be able to get into a house, to be able to get into a multi uh, multifamily house. Yeah, I'm going to second all that information, but I would like to let everybody know that FHA is not an investment loan that is for a primary residence that you have to live in, but you can use it to buy a duplex, a triplex, or a quad. So mm -hmm. just unit and rent out the rest. Right. Something I wish I did. I will say it's that. okay. <laughs> your next property can be a multifamily, so it's never a mistake. It's just now you can move a little differently because you have the information right, right. learning along the way <laughs> let me see is there any more well i'll scroll through i got another question though so this one is for fix and flipping um so i know just hearing you guys talk i know it would vary um but i guess if if you can choose to kind of narrow it down with those um very so would you do a full rehab or would you only fix what's needed when you're fixing flipping? I, I my gut feeling is that my opinion is about to be different from Stephanie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like a brand new investor, I probably wouldn't have do wouldn't do a full rehab just because anything could happen. But um, I say do whatever will put some money in your pocket and make sense and is a deal that you can handle. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. Um, I kind of, I kind of want to get more on, on like the full rehab side, just because I mean, yes, a heavy lift, yes, yeah, a big project, but I feel like I, I feel like you're gonna learn so much, you know. I feel like I feel like you're gonna learn so much, and um, you know, I think I, I, I don't know. I feel like that hands-on experience is, you know, like is what's needed, and not to, and not to say do a full rehab so you can make a mistake. But I think what's practical is like if you're gonna take on a project, figure out how you could partner with somebody. Yeah. Partner with somebody that does this automatically because somebody who's going through rehab projects one, two, three at a mm -hmm. time, they know how to put a deal together. Yeah. So if you say, okay. "Look, you know, I want to partner with you on this deal. I have like ten thousand dollars. Can you make that work?" They they're gonna figure out how to make ten thousand dollars work into the deal to secure it earnest money down payment whatever it is but if but if you could if you could come with like yo i have this right to be able to participate in this deal can i get some experience can i shadow you can i like be a partner on paper mm -hmm. 
so you could actually know like what the process is like so yes, um i would say for a first full rehab if you got to go like demo like to the studs and you putting up like literally everything mm -hmm. i would say partner with somebody yeah definitely partner definitely partner with somebody don't go in there you know close close-minded i mean or just blind just because um you know some these contractors man they <laughs> they know like when you're brand new mm. right they know when you're brand new they know like they know who to play with you know and they know like okay cool this guy's you know he's kind of brand new i can kind of like squeeze his project in or her project <laughs> in and then i'm gonna i'm gonna go with this other investor i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna make sure that you know i get their stuff done because they're a bit more serious you know and wow. a lot of times like you get all of this information you can listen to all of this podcast stuff but it's like the real the real sauce and the real experience comes through like once you get your first like you got to go through your first run your first project your second project and once you do that you kind of like you know you get that confidence and you feel that weight and now you know how to put like two contractors in one property to be able to get you a bid now you got somebody fighting to be able to give you a quote versus you being brand new yo i need this quote and i'm chasing this person Right. You know, um, a good deal is always going to get funded no matter what. Yeah. A good project is always going to get sold. You know, a house that's an actual deal is going to get sold quick like that. So um, I would, I would, I'm an advocate like, yo, do the full rehab, get your experience, go through that learning curve, but partner with somebody to be able to get that. Okay. Get somebody that's really seasoned. I heard yeah. a lot of horror stories about <laughs> contractors running off with money and um, and it was uh, again just hearing it from a lot of people's first uh, first time fixing flipping. So I heard a lot of horror stories. Yeah, they, and I was like, okay, you know how to, who, yeah. they, they be yeah. like, I, I done got burnt for this. And when you hear those numbers, like you got what? Yeah. <laughs> it can be discouraging, I'm sure. <laughs> Yo, some some people freeze up, man, and 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 it's real. You know, you could be in a project. Some of these projects just, you know, I mean, depending where you're at, but they're a couple hundred thousand dollars. You know, so. Um, you're in a project, you know, 100, 150, and you have like a 40K loss. Some people give up. You know, some people say, I'd be like, yo. That's enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. like that's it. This is too, this is like, you know what I'm saying? This is too crazy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, it's real out here. Yeah. yeah. Those stories. <laughs> I did. I took a step back myself. I will say that just hearing certain stories, but <laughs> still learning along the way. So our next question is, what advice would you give to someone looking to get started in real estate investing? Advice number one, sign up in our bios to join our free classes that are coming up. Yes. Um, and then what Gardy just said in a nutshell is you got to get started. Like you can't just always be searching the internet, mm -hmm. reading up on stuff you know trying to jump in but backing out or um just not having action like we gotta we gotta put some action behind it like i feel like a lot of people will talk, talk about like all of the books that they read but mm -hmm. the thing is how many pages did you apply mm -hmm. right? before it's just a thought or an idea you're not actually acting on it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um yeah, if I could, if I could go back and start from the beginning, um, I don't know. I feel like time 
times change, man. We're in a different, we're in a different time. We're in a different time. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We're in a different time. Information is accessible. I would, I would really say, man. Um, really, one, make as much money as you can, and make sure like your finances is in order. Mm-hmm. You know, so no matter if you're self-employed, uh, you got a W two salary. I would say, you know, have all of that stuff in order, because um, what what like what ends up happening is that once you get once you get past a few projects some of these lenders they're going to start looking at like your experience right and then you know sometimes like okay cool do you already have like a rental portfolio i mean or you know have you done certain things or went in certain projects like what was the cost what was the budget what was the timeline mm-hmm. and and if you could present that stuff in a and you know some kind of way to like yo i got myself organized i can send it to the lender you know it's kind of quick you know, and they can see this stuff and they can see the comps, they're going to start making decisions based off, like, based off of that, you know? And okay. to be able to get to that is um, you got to have, like, your stuff lined up. So, you know, having your credit together um, because it's going to be needed to get into the deal, fix and flip, FHA, hard money, whatever it is. And then if it's a buy and hold and you're going for a DSCR loan, they're going to look, some lenders, most lenders for DSR, DSCR loans, they're going to make sure that enough rent is coming in. But they're also going to tap your credit score. And depending on, like, you know, the deal, certain lenders, you know, the better your credit score, the more favorable the terms. So, you know, having, like, your stuff together, organized, making as much money as you can, and, um, you know, having some actual, like, money to fall back on, I think that having that financial discipline and having that financial habits is going to translate into the business world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're personal stuff is together then like your business stuff is going to be together and i feel like that's going to allow you to be able to sustain you know certain things in business so that's what i would say if somebody was getting started to um you know looking to get started in real estate okay now we did have a question in here this is a new feature i'm fairly new (laughs) with the questions for instagram so it says, can someone can someone explain subject to deals and how they work? Stephanie got y'all. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> is when you make an offer to an owner to take over their existing mortgage. Um, what I will say is you want to make sure that you use an attorney because there may be some language inside of this person's mortgage where they're not supposed to like assign it but if you use mm-hmm. an attorney they are they have a way around it but it's essentially taking over some someone else's mortgage and taking their terms and principal um instead of you know going to the bank and getting a loan or using your own cash you're just basically like say you come across a house they got a hundred thousand dollar mortgage on there and their payment is five hundred dollars a month you take all that over Mm. i'm just checking to see if you have more questions that i might have missed i'm sorry if y'all did have more questions y'all can submit them here all right so my next question would be what can we expect from you guys in the future uh we're gonna have these weekly classes coming up uh we're working on some stuff in the back end to be able to put you know a community together so um you know tap the link in our bios to be able to register for that stuff so you guys could uh you know uh know uh what's coming up um 
and that's you know like what me and Stephanie's working on just to be able to provide as much value uh, to people you know as we can and to be able to help you know as many uh, people who just wants to build wealth you know that's the reason why we do that's the reason why we do what we do yeah because yeah, listen the more money y'all make the more money y'all gonna spend buying houses for me yeah. and Guardy. <laughs> okay <laughs> i know that's right <laughs> yes 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 oh that was good well i want to personally thank you guys for coming on and just sharing all of this great information again i was a sponge soaking all of this up to help yeah, with my real estate journey so i truly appreciate it no thank of course glad to, uh glad to have you on i guess you know tell us about like why you got started with uh what you're doing so I got started, uh, one of my friends talked me into it. <laughs> I'll start that out. <laughs> Just off of our conversation, he would always say, you know, like, you'll be good. You know, you, you should just come on, get on board with the podcast thing. And I'm just like, I don't really know. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say antisocial. I'm more of an introvert. Okay. So I'm like, you sure you think I'm good for that? So I'm just like, at the point in my life, I was going through a lot of things. I'm experiencing a lot of a traumatic event so i'm just like okay at this point why not why not and then he he always said make sure you use it as an outlet i've been using it as an outlet ever since and i'm just like damn i would call him every now and then like yo you were so right like this, this is a great outlet for me <laughs> something new yes i get to connect with people like everyone from all over new york you said virginia i had other guests too so it's it's really a joy that's how it got started. <laughs> yeah, we're we going to need to have you on ours so we can ask you some questions. Yes, and yes, yes. What's going on in your life? Right, what's really <laughs> going on, right? <laughs> yes, yes, I'll definitely come on, for sure. <laughs> Do we have, I'm sorry, we did have another question. It says, uh, uh, yes, yes, is Section 8 a good investment strategy? Oh man, this is such a very good question just because um there's a lot of things there's a lot of point of views that come up. Um I'm in favor for section eight, you know, just because it's guaranteed it's guaranteed money. Um I did have some losses, you know, that I learned from. Um, yeah, with tenants not paying. Oh and um, you know, it's uh uh I mean, you know, some people some 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 people view section eight as like bad, you know, like oh the tenant's going to tear up your property. They don't the care. Thing. You're living on government assistance, all kinds of stuff like mm -hmm. that. But that's not everybody. You know, that's not everybody. And there's also different types of government assistance um, that's out there. You know, people pay for housing through different stuff, disability, to mm -hmm. uh, from like veteran housings, things like that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But people do build wealth off of like the assistance from the government. So Section 8 is good. It's solid. Uh, Section 8 sometimes pays a little bit more depending on like the market that you're in. It could pay more uh, for market rent. And also um, people who people who are on Section 8, they're on Section 8 for a reason. And they don't want to lose their Section 8. Right. Right. So it's not <laughs> the fact that they're going to tear up your property. But more people are inclined if they need it. They need it for a reason. And they want to make sure that they keep it. So, um, and you know, when you, when you're, when you're having a rental property and then your tenant stops paying you, and then, you know, you still got to cover the mortgage, you still got to cover the repairs and you're not making money. It puts you in a tight spot, you know, and I've, mm -hmm. and I, and I lost out on like seven months of rent. And I was like, 
yo, my next time, son, we going on section eight. Like it's not even gonna be, it's not even gonna be a thought. You Seems know? more secure. Yeah. So, um, but there's but there's ways you know to be able to go around to make sure like you protect your investment, right? Making sure you're doing the rehabs the right way. Making sure you know you quote unquote they call it like hardening your property, doing quality you know buying a good deal doing quality work, and um, people who see that who need to be on Section Eight who need that government assistance now you're providing a quality you know house for them they're gonna want to take care of that you know they're gonna want to be they're gonna want to be able to take care of that so um, I would definitely say Section Eight's a good strategy um, I would always say get educated about it. And, um, you know, so you can get the right information that you need. Don't sit on the information, but, you know, execute. But, yeah, Section 8, in my opinion, I'm standing on it. It's definitely a good strategy. Sound like the way yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah. Cut it out. That was a good question. Yeah, I'm going to double down on his answer. But if you are on this live and you are on Section 8 or you know somebody on Section 8, let them know that they can purchase a house using the housing choice voucher through the NACA program. What is it? Look it up real quick. The home ownership through public housing assistance program. Um, it may take you a little bit to, you know, jump through some hoops, but you're about to jump through hoops to own a home. So DM me if you are interested in learning more about that program. We may do a class on it. Yes. Now, what what is NACA? Is that like another? type of loan or oh it's a, a um like a company that helps people buy affordable housing and they um kind of like you don't have to pay closing costs you don't have a down payment okay. but they have a lot of like requirements and qualifications and you got to take classes and things that you definitely got to take a mm -hmm. class or they'll even accept you into the program so and that's for everybody realtors included oh, okay I think that was all of the questions. Oh, yep, that was the last question. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys again for joining me tonight. Of course. Glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> you for having us. Have a good night. Yes, thanks you too. Have a good one. No, no. See you next time.